At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Yeah, I never get tired of opening. Never rational thought. We do have some rational thoughts for myself occasionally, for my guests always. And uh, it's funny because today we've got a cognitive behavioral expert who combines science and spirituality to help people actually authentically change their minds to achieve their goals. Uh, she's the author of several books with her latest book just being released. It's called Behind the Power. And it's co-authored with 13 of her clients who used her methods to conquer their greatest challenges. I can't wait to hear about some of those stories. She's appeared on stages all over the world and her work earned her designation of the top 100 coaches in the world by Feedspot. Her mission is to help people understand they can become the boss of their brain through cognitive behavioral practices and a little bit of faith. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest today, Allison Roberts. Allison, how are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having well, me. Well, I hope so. You got to have, you know, that cognitive power and faith. You should be happy all the time. But we're not always happy. We're not. Sometimes we, we should get step backs. That's okay yeah. too, right? Yeah, it's not natural to be happy all the time. No, it's not. But we can we can have consistent joy and occasional happiness, perhaps. I don't know. That's just a saying I made up. Um, so I want to hear about how you got started in this, and then why should people listen to us today? We got about a half an hour to talk about what you're doing in your book. So let's start with that. What can they expect to take away from today's episode? The thing that they can expect to take away is that we are either the slave to our brain or the boss of our brain. Um, there's really no in-between. So, uh, and what do I mean by slave to your brain? Have you ever been in your car and you've arrived somewhere and you don't even know how you got there? Um, you are in the grocery store and you're just mindlessly grocery shopping and you get home and you can't believe that you've bought as many groceries as you have. So we have these automatic things that we do in life where we're not present and our reptilian brain that's done the same thing over and over and over again can just kind of takes over. And it happens with anxiety. It happens with all kinds of situations in life. So what I teach and what I want everyone to walk away with today is that the thoughts that you think are just sentences until you attach emotion to them. And so all of those anxiety-ridden thoughts that you're too old, you're too fat, it's too late, you're too stupid, like, you know, why did you do that thing? And you'll never be the same again. And all of that stuff that we do to ourselves, those are just sentences and they don't mean anything until we believe them. And so that's what I teach and that's what I've taught my clients. And it's, it's really exciting work. Sounds very cool. I can't wait to talk more about that. How'd you get started in this? <laughs> I got started in it when I was 19 and mm -hmm. Uh, I, through a whole long series of events, uh, found myself homeless and pregnant mm -hmm. and living in a 1978 Volkswagen Beetle while I was still going to college. I was still going to class every day. And one of our um, substitute professors, uh, our main professor was out 
and we had a substitute and he was teaching us all about the concepts of you become what you think. Yeah. And yeah. he gave us all a copy of Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. Right. And so I was, I didn't have anything to lose. I had lost everything. So in my car at night, I would just sit there and wow. soak it in. And I started thinking about how I was going to feel when I was out of that car and mm -hmm. could see myself, you know, warm and safe and protected mm -hmm. and cared for and getting pre-medical care for my son and all of those things. And three weeks and two days into living in my car, mm -hmm. the same professor that had given me the book knocked on my window one night. And he said, I told my wife that I've been watching you for like the past five or six days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was freezing cold. And he yeah. was like, just follow me back to our house. We're going to, we're going to help you. And I was like, yeah. I can't follow you because I don't have any gas in my car. So I got in his pickup truck and mm -hmm. we went to his house and his wife was just like, I can't even imagine knowing that yeah. my child is homeless and yeah. being able to sleep at night because mom, my mother knew that I was homeless. Um, oh. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say, well, we've got this cognitive stuff and maybe this part of the story is where a little bit of faith comes in. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Would I be right that you, it was a little bit of faith when that, you know, that, that professor, a little bit of an angel in action there? Or what do you, or no? Yeah. I mean, if I think that, I think faith is, is important for the process because the science works. I mean, the science straight on works. Yeah. Our brain works. Everybody's brain, unless you have damage to your brain or an sure. illness, your brain works right. the same way. An outside circumstance happens. You have a thought yeah. which yeah. provokes an emotion, which makes you act a certain way, which gets you your result. And we do it millions of times in our lifetime, oh, yeah. millions of millions and millions of times. Mm -hmm. So the science works. But what happens is if you just do the science, it can start to, you can start to feel really robotic because I went through that phase hmm. where I was just like, I know that this works. And so I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to, think and feel and do and get the result that I want. And, and I, one day I woke up and I was just like, I've had all of these miracles happen in my life, even in the midst of some pretty awful things that happened, not only as a 19 and 20 year old placing my yeah. son for adoption and going through that whole heartache, but also just growing up, um, mm -hmm. you know, all along the pathway, teachers that, that would say something to keep me going or a neighbor that would give me something to keep me going. And mm -hmm. so I started to realize that the action is not just our action. The action also is when the universe prompts other people to act just like, mm -hmm. I mean, my professor could have gone home. Mm -hmm. Yep. Something inside of him was like, yeah, go and help her. Yeah, you call it vibration universe, whatever you want to call it. It's not yeah, uh, it's too, it. too many, too many examples to, to ignore it, right? That's that's very amazing. So I got some questions for you. I know some of the answers, but I'm going to ask it anyway for our, our, our listeners and viewers today. 
you mentioned the limbic brain and our subconscious thing going on. And you also mentioned cognitive therapy. They both have their place in our in our system. And from what I understand, because I'm a, I'm an amateur student on this stuff, is that you know the subconscious brain rules the show. You know, it digests our food. It it makes it makes our heals our wounds. It does all this stuff without our thinking about it. And our you know, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can doesn't always work so well because our subconscious right. brain takes over and says, you're a liar. Right. right. Exactly. So how do you deal with those two conflicting energies or, or I say the two different brains, right? The limbic brain and the, you know, cognitive, the, you know, pre, the frontal cortex. Yeah. You have to make friends with your brain. Yeah. All parts of it, all three sections, right? All, I mean, all parts of it. And, yeah. and you also, you know, affirmations are great, but they're only great if you believe what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm, I know from personal experience that just because you say it 10,000 times doesn't mean that you're going to eventually mm -hmm. believe it. Yeah. Right. I can right. say, yeah, I'm a trillionaire. I'm a trillionaire. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. subconsciously, you're a liar. Yeah, you're a liar. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's learning how to, and this is this is what my clients do. I teach them how to authentically become that future person, because that's what you have to do. You have to authentically become that future person, because the subconscious brain, its job is to keep us alive. Yep. Yep. And to avoid pain, mm -hmm. and to seek pleasure. That's it. Right. So. If you're, if you're, if you have any pleasure at all about becoming a better person, your subconscious brain gets on board with that because its job is to seek pleasure. Yeah. But if you're like, I have to be a millionaire, it has to happen right now. The brain is like over my dead body. <laughs> That's right. But if yeah. you're visualizing like I did in my car, right? If you're visualizing, and even if it's just this much, like this is what all the masters mean, like, Buddha said it one way, Jesus says it another. Like you just it just needs to be a tiny yep. little bit. It doesn't need to right. mustard seed, yep. <clears throat> right. But you know, just to believe a tiny little bit, like, you know, I I may not be a millionaire, but this time next year I could be twenty five thousand dollars richer than I am right now. Yeah, it's yeah. gotta be a, an amount that your subconscious brain can wrap itself around and be like, right. yeah, that's not so big of a change that we're going to die because that's what ha your subconscious brain, it has to align and agree with how you feel or it's yeah. going to come in and try to keep you the same. And, and it, the subconscious one always wins out from what I understand, right? If you don't believe it, all the affirmations of the world is like, forget it, man. It's not going to happen. No, you can. I mean, some people have false wins, what I, what I call false wins. Yeah. You know, you can, you'll stop smoking for two weeks. Yeah. Right. Right again, or you'll lose five pounds, but then you gain 10. Like people will have false wins yeah. by yeah. just throwing the action at things. Right. Um, That's but yeah, but you can't have an authentic win if you don't authentically believe like what you're putting out. Right. In the right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a such a strong point. I want to hear about some of these people. You have these uh, thirteen co-authors conquering their greatest challenges. That must be some really good stories there. Can you share one or two of those? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, and I might as well just tell you who they are because they're, yeah. they're right here. They wrote their story. Right. Show us um, the cover real quick, Allison. Pull the cover yeah. up so we can see it. Behind the Power. Yeah, Behind the Power. Butterflies and Sunflowers. Beautiful. Yeah, Sunflower, Butterfly, the whole thing going on. Um, and right now it's on Amazon in the Kindle version. Um, after the 20th of, of October, it'll be in paperback version. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so one of the stories uh, is Carrie. Carrie uh, grew up in a, um, a very dysfunctional uh, household. Mm -hmm. Her path led, led her to um, stripping for a living yeah. and using uh, narcotics and drinking and being abused by men. Um, not only men that were in the club that she was working in, but yeah. men that were personally, you know, in her life. Wow. And she just, she had an epiphany um, one day and, and she just, she got in her car and she just started driving and, and, um, and she just kept driving. And then she, you know, in that drive, she she really had just like a, a come to carry meeting um, and was like, I, I, I can't live like this anymore. So she packed up her daughter. Um, she she went and lived with her mom. And the beautiful thing about Carrie, um, not only through that journey, but but through now is, um, you know, she's she's obviously she's clean. She's sober. She's been sober for a long, long time. Um, she hasn't stripped in, you know, decades. Um, she's so uh, warm and kind and loving toward people who have been in situations where they just had zero self-worth, not only um, with women, but also with men. And, and her story, um, it's riveting. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that you have to read it because um, she takes us through uh, being sexually assaulted and her drug use all the way through um, getting very, very sick. Um, she almost died um, coming out of that and then just finding the connection to her own soul and the path that that has put her on in this life. It's it's really incredible. And so, yeah. People hit these these rock bottoms, and sometimes I guess you don't know when the bottom is until you're actually there, because you might have, you might be skipping along several several bottoms. I'm guessing. And how did how did she come to you then to do this this system with you? She came to a class I was teaching, ah. and at the end of the class, I invited people to come into my coaching program. Yeah. Um, and she was just like, "I have to work with you," and she signed on. And even though she had already come like so far on her journey, um, mm -hmm. before we started working together, she was still like all consumed with fear. Um, that was the main thing is that she was just so afraid. She was afraid to fail. She was afraid to succeed. Um, she was tired of hiding, yet she was afraid to like shine her light. So she was just in this place where a lot of people find themselves where she felt really stuck and really lost. Um, and <laughs> when she started to write the book or started to write her chapter, 
she was going to write about something completely different. And I was like, Carrie, you know, people need to hear your rock bottom because everyone feels alone until they understand that they're not the only person has, who's gone through what she's gone through. And we released the book three weeks ago and the feedback that we have gotten from men and women, um, it, just about Carrie's story alone has been phenomenal. Nice. So when you start working with her, you said she's already starting to dig out of her hole, but you carry her past the fear to her, obviously her confidence and self-esteem uh, improved to, a, I guess, normal level. Um, how long did it take you guys to work that out together? A year. A year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm sure there's maybe more details than you can share, but I'd love to hear some of the, some of the things, some of the cognitive things you do to get our, our brains liking all sections of our brain. Yeah. So I tell people to name their reptilian brain, to give it a name. So when it's in there, like my reptilian brain, her name is Rita. And I'm a former smoker. I haven't smoked in like 35 years, but she's, she still smokes in my brain. Um, I live a fairly sober lifestyle and always have, but I joke around and say that she drinks, you know, she always has a glass of wine or a glass of brandy or something. And, you know, and when she shows up in my brain and she starts saying, well, who do you think you are? And you can't do the things that you think you want to do. I just pretend like, it's a completely different personality from the Allison that is capable of um, the Allison that is not afraid to shine the Allison that steps forward and does the thing. And I can have conversations with Rita, my reptilian brain that make me know that I'm the one who's ultimately going to make the decision and I get her on board. So I teach people how to name the reptilian and how to do that. And we have so much fun. Like it's fun because it, it stops being this thing that it's like, yeah, push the thought away and you're trying to like make right. it go away and stop thinking it. And it's, I'll just, I pull up a chair and I'm like, Rita, have a seat. Like, what are you afraid of? Like what's going on oh. with you right now? That's amazing. I love the personification of that. It reminds me of that movie. Um, with the cartoon characters in the brain. What was that called again? I forgot what it was called. You know what I'm talking about? It was a Pixar movie. They have all the different emotions in the in the, uh, in the the head. Oh, this is going to really bug me now. All the, There was like five little cartoon characters inside this. Oh, um, not Thank indespicable, you. but not no, indespicable. No, no. Like um, one. Gosh, darn Google it while I'm talking to you. I got to find it. So... I love the fact you're personifying this thing, having conversations. I'm surprised that she still smokes, but I guess I understand it. So basically you got to accept her, talk to her and let her know that you're in charge, even though she's kind of been in charge in the previous life. Is that, do I got it right? Yeah, because I used to smoke and I still dream. Inside about out, smoking. sorry, inside out. Yes, inside out. <laughs> I just found it. Okay, go. Yeah. So anyway, back back to this this process. I'm I'm fascinated by the personification and awareness thing. So you talk to her. She's not. You're not going to make her quit smoking. That's right. And, but the reason that I still see her smoking is that I quit like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't use any patches or any gum yeah, or anything. Right. So so I have evidence that I've already majorly overcome her. Yeah. So because your your brain seeks evidence all the time of what's real. 
Sure. That's, why, right. that's why people are all glued into the news, right? Like we watch it every single day. It's like, oh man, you know, they, and, and if you just step away from it and you become an observer of what's yeah. happening, yeah. like, man. Yeah. I know. I, I haven't watched it as a habit in 30 years. I've tuned in for like two crises for a few minutes. I'm like, that's weird. I, I see reality shows, which are more real than this crap. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So, but she still smokes. I'm just fascinated by it because you, you can't change her, but you control her. What would you, what would you, yeah. when you have these conversations? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the boss ever. Yeah. She's my employee. It's kind of like breaking a horse or a dog, huh? You just got to train her. Exactly. And yeah. training your subconscious brain with cognitive thought blows my mind because everybody else talking about timeline therapy or tapping, all these other things. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not judging, but it sounds very strange to be able to talk her into something when she's been, he has all this power. Well, I incorporate tapping into my yeah, practice. Yeah. I don't do okay. the tapping. Um, yeah. Carrie is actually one of my coaches now. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So yeah. she does the tapping and some of the uh -huh. other things. Um, yeah. We also uh, have aligned ourselves with Brad Yates. I don't know if you are familiar with him, but he's a no. pretty uh, well-known, a very well-known um, EFT therapist. Okay. Yeah. Um, so emotional freedom that. technique, folks. In case you don't know what that is, I know the names. Emotional freedom yeah. technique. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, emotional freedom. Yeah. Right. Um, and the reason for that is because the body never forgets. Right. Cellular memory. So that's that's hey. why you're tapping is because all of these things are stored in our meridian. Yeah. And so yeah. we're speaking to the memory that's stored in the meridian and we're yeah. cognitively changing our thoughts and our body at the same time. And it does work. I'm sure it does. I, I had I had one session. It, it did nothing for me, but I, I don't dismiss it because one session might not have done it. Right. You maybe do more yeah. of it to make it work. Right. That's <laughs> It's like one session with me. It's like people are like, oh, are you like McDonald's? Can I just pull up and just have like one session with you? And I'm like, no. no. Yeah. It's like going to the gym once and getting and losing weight, right? Yeah, I gotta go one exactly. time, fix it all. So I I don't dismiss anything. I'm I'm a very curious person and I I I I really have gotten better. I don't judge anything anymore. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And the the older I get, the more I don't know anything. So it's it's very it's very refreshing too. to be curious. It's so much fun to question myself and everything else around me. So that's just to be clear on that. I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Um, I love, I love learning about these things, you know, and not everything works for everybody, but I love the idea of personifying your, you know, Rita, Rita. You well, see? and the fact that you're curious, Doug is really amazing too, because cognition requires curiosity for it to really work yeah right if you're blocked you're blocked right nothing's going to come in if yeah. you don't have it open mines are like parachutes they only work when they're open that's what the saying goes but <laughs> unfortunately in social media they don't do that they just people just blab about crap and nobody asks a darn question and I, I i got off it i i tried to have some intelligent conversations and nobody wanted to they just wanted to scream and yell i'm like oh good for you yeah it's, it's easy to hide behind the comment. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't do that if you're a person in, in flesh, you know, unless you're from New York. But other than that, you're going to be talking to people. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. I'm glad that you're bringing this up. A lot of people don't realize that they're actually in their reptilian brain oh, when they log the on social media. Most of the time. Because they're and, worried about yeah. the likes. 
and yeah. all you know, and and the pictures and the filters and all of those things. Well, that's repti reptilian is always like, who's going to love me and yep, who's going to right, yep. right yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's, it's it's a it's a fascinating topic, and when you get right down to it, everything is, is fear and greed, you know, joy and pain. It's all it's all the same thing, and understanding that happens when we're awake. And doing things. That's I did a book with a neuroscientist on this topic. That's why I love it so much. And she talked. One of the great stories she told me was this company had this thirty-plus year executive. He was like everybody came to him for advice, and the company did well. They moved to a brand new building, gave him a corner office, you know, and big windows. They really took care of him. And his productivity went down. He got depressed, and he's gotten ready to leave. And they said, "Why are you leaving?" Because nobody comes by my office anymore. I used to used to give advice out. It wasn't about the money or the office. It was about the mentorship that he was giving and valued him as part of Maslow's. He's like on level number five or six there, you know, feeling good about his self, his self-worth. So yeah, everything, everything does eventually boil down to that. Um, yeah. Social media. How do you, how do you work with your clients on that? That whole incestuous uh, cauldron of, divisiveness <laughs> it's just horrible yeah i well you know in this work we're always looking for the result that we want yeah so i've had a couple of clients who are really addicted to yeah. social media like it's it can be it can really turn into an addiction mm -hmm. there's there's um, been scientific studies on that changing yeah. our our chemistry if our phone is yeah. away from us for more than a few minutes, it's weird, but I guess. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, to help them realize that number one, it's an addiction because you, if you don't, if you're not yeah. aware of that, you can't cure it. Um, yeah. But also to, to help them understand that they probably don't feel seen and heard in any other area of their life. And even if they're the troll, they're seen and heard. So it's like helping them understand like, you're not really seen and heard on social media. No, it could be. I mean, it, you're seen and heard for a second or two or a maybe, minute. It might be the matrix. It might not even be real, right? There's so much. Right. There's been, I read a really good paper on that saying, well, there's so many trolls. The trolls might be affecting you. You might actually be fake. I'm like, what? It was a really interesting article I read, but um, yeah, I, I work a lot of, uh, I do a lot of volunteer work with, with teenagers. So it's even more delicate there where they're devalued with one statement from a teacher or a parent or a friend even, and it affects their whole life. It's just people don't understand how powerful our words are and how they can become our thoughts and then our beliefs, you know? So get them and early, Allison, get them they're young, huh? And then our agreement. Yeah, a, a belief is, is one level. And then an agreement is that we make a contract with it. Wow, and yeah. it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to achieve X, Y, Z. Well, if you have that agreement and that sacred yeah. contract with yourself, guess what? You're never going to achieve yeah. it. But if you, Deal done, right, right, right. You bring curiosity in. It's like, well, what if I did, what if I could? And then all of a sudden it's like, 
the mind starts to expand and literally starts expanding. Who is the one thing we're not, we're not afraid of what we can, we're afraid of, uh, uh, that we're more powerful than we can recognize. Marianne Williamson. There you go. Yeah. Marianne. Uh, don't, I don't want to talk about that one. Um, the, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good quote. Um, so, okay. So, uh, what's Allison's expanded belief system? Where's she going? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm or so Rita, either one. <laughs> yes. I'm holding, uh, I'm holding a live event, uh, you know, October 20th. Uh, with all the authors. Uh, it's a global event. It's virtual. Uh, we'll be doing the same thing in 2022 where I pulled uh, more of my clients together. Mm -hmm. uh, the book next year is uh, You're Not Crazy, You're Powerful. <laughs> Maybe you both, but okay. We'll accept you. <laughs> Joking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people just feel like they're crazy right now. Well, I, I go to I go like Shakespeare in that. Everybody's crazy except me and the... And even these are a little crazy. So, sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, that wasn't what I was asking. That's what you're doing. I want to know where you're going. You just mentioned some big expansive, like we're powerful. So I want to hear Allison's big, big dream. Put it out there. Let's hear it. My big dream, honestly, is to have thousands of people start to understand through either my writing or my my speaking or my podcast or something that, um, you know, holding on to our pain is like, oh, yeah. it's like keeping vomit in our mouth. Right. Oh, that's a great analogy. Right. How many thousands you say? Thousands and thousands and thousands. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was a number there. How many thousands was it? Let's just say 4 million. There you go. There's a number. I like that one better. Yeah. 4 million. Okay. Yeah. You can always go to five after you hit four, but I'm just looking for a, a target. Yeah, exactly. I got to hit like, you know, 10,000 first and a hundred thousand. You can work your way up, but I was just want yeah. I was just putting that out there for you. Cause you right. know, as long as we've recording now, it's going to be on the internet forever. So. Exactly. I mean, I, I probably already reached thousands, so I might as yeah, well just that, say millions. That's, that's why I said that. Much. Yes, exactly. Right. And you don't even know, that's the cool thing about what we do is like, well, I don't know how many people read this book. There's some right. measurement with an opt-in page and blah, blah, blah. But I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've given her a book review to somebody. It's like, you know what? I really, really, you know, I met, I met Robert Allen once. I, I was in, involved with real estate investing. And I said, you realize you made me a millionaire. He's like, well, who are you? I'm like, I read your book when I was 23 and I started buying real estate. And like, hold on a second. Let me talk to you. <laughs> he had a testimony he didn't know about, you know? So books are, are powerful because fortunately, I'm a publisher. They don't, uh, they don't go away like memes. And Snapchats and uh, exactly. more posts and articles. Books stick around for a while, maybe forever. If you know, we don't really throw them away. So, yeah. All right, yeah. four million people. That's good. Got an event coming up, um, October twentieth. I'm not sure if this will be aired then. If it is, it gonna be recorded or anything? Yes, it's being recorded, uh, right. but it's only gonna be available for two days. Well, fear of missing out. You can always, you put the show notes here. Don't forget us next year. Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, it's been great having you on. I can't wait to uh, to hear more about your 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 quest to the 4 million and this book. Uh, anything you want to leave the audience today? Give them a, anything besides the, sh the show, they might, the event they might not be able to see? Yeah, I just want to remind people that you 
are worthy simply because you exist. And I know that sounds, people are like, oh my God, and roll the eye. But honestly, sincerely, really, um, your worth is not in what you do or what you have done. Um, your worth is not in the, your unworthiness is not in the mis any mistakes that you've made or anything that you fail to do. Your unworthiness is in here. It's a belief. And that's all that it is. So the day that you make an agreement, you know what? Say your name, whatever your name is. I am worthy or I'm willing. If you don't believe it, I'm willing to start to believe that I'm worthy. See how that makes you feel. See how you start showing up in the world. And that is my, my biggest and most greatest wish for you in the whole world. As much as I'd love to end on that, I want to give you one scientific proof of that, of worth. And then you can you can do some of the beginning. But um, do you know who Glenn Morshower is? He was on 24. Yeah. Okay. So I heard of Glenn speak once. He's an amazing public speaker, of course, being an actor. And he went on, he, he did like a 20-minute version of what I'll do in like 30 seconds. Something along the lines of, you are a miracle and I can prove it, right? Because when your parents had sex, Six million sperm tried to get to that one egg and you won. Now you can giggle all you want, but that's a scientific fact that you, you, your existence, you have better chance of winning the lottery than being here. So when you say, Oh, you're a miracle, you're, you're an actual miracle. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scientifically, you know, un, you know, it's, it's true. Right. So you can't, you can't not, to, not believe that. I like your ending better, but I just thought I'd put that out there for you if you want to use <laughs> I give credit to Glenn, you know. Anyway, um, get her book, folks. Hold the book up again. Let's get that one. There we go. Behind the Power. It's available on Amazon as an ebook, yep. soon to be a print book. Get it. Read the stories. Don't just be inspired. Take some action and understand your worth. Allison, great having you on the show today. I want you to come back sometime, okay? We got more to do. I would love. I would love to come back. All right. Awesome. Very good. Uh, that concludes our show today with the beautiful and talented Allison Roberts. Don't forget to subscribe below iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, or our own website. And there's some freebies there for you when you do subscribe. So please do that. This is Doug Crow with the author of Ranch.